Welcome to the Kingdom at Hand. I am Pastor Joe Faldet. Thank you for listening to us today. We pray that God would bless you through this service. Our sermon for today is going to be taken from Judges, Judges 6, verses 36 through 40. And I read in Jesus' name. Then Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone, and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please let me test just once more with the fleece. Please, let it be dry on the fleece only, and on all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, and it was dry on the fleece only, and on all the ground there was dew. Let us pray. Father, as we come to study this passage, strive to apply it to our lives, we pray that you would grant us guidance, grant us wisdom. Lord, glorify your name. We need you to glorify your name and reveal yourself to us, reveal your truth. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So what's going on here? You know, what's, what's happening with Gideon? This is a passage that a lot of people know, at least people know about. People know about laying the fleece out. They don't always understand really what was going on. Um, but hopefully we can bring some truth into that so that we'll have a better idea, a better understanding of what God's teaching us. What, what does God want from us through this passage? And so what's going on? What's the story? The story here with Gideon is that Gideon is a man called by God. So God appeared to Gideon through the, an angel. And Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press, as you remember that story probably. So as Gideon was threshing that wheat and he was hiding from the Midianites, um, an angel appeared to him and told him what God had planned for him. And so Gideon responded. Gideon took it seriously. Gideon acted upon the voice of God. And Gideon tore down the temple or the altar to Baal and the Asherah pole. And then Gideon is clothed by the Spirit. We're told in verse 34, But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon, and he searched, and he sounded the trumpet, and the Abizrites were called out to follow him. And so that's interesting then, that Gideon was uh, clothed by the Holy Spirit. And so Gideon's following God. Gideon's doing what God is calling him to do. And then we come to the story of the fleece. Now Gideon wasn't the man to just go and go crazy. He didn't just jump off of cliffs. But rather, he was the sort of person that was very cautious, as we can see by him, you know, threshing wheat in a wine press. And also Gideon was a man that, uh, he didn't take unnecessary risks. He tore down the altar of Baal and Asheroth at night because he was afraid of the people in the town. And so here we have Gideon, it seems like he's doubting God. And to some degree, that's understandable at this point because he's coming really to the point of it. He has sounded the trumpet. He is calling people to him. He is saying, hey, this is who I am. This is where I'm going. This is what's going on. This is what we're going to do. And now it's on Gideon's head, all of the people that are following him into battle. Is this really God's will? Is this really what God wants of me? That's the question that Gideon's asking himself, and that's an understandable question. Because he's calling the people of Israel to war. 
to go to war against the Midianites, and it was tough living under the Midianites, but at least they weren't dying. At least they weren't dying. And here he's saying it's time to go to war. But will God be with him? Will God save Israel by Gideon's hand, or is this going to be another false start? Is this going to be just a failure? Are the people of of Israel, are the people who are following him going to lose? And that's what Gideon's asking. Gideon's struggling and Gideon's doubting at this point. I'd say that's understandable. So what does Gideon do? Gideon lays out these fleeces. And the first thing that I want you to observe with these fleeces is that this is extraordinary. You know, what Gideon is asking God to do is extraordinary. To have all of the ground dry, but to have a fleece wet. That's weird, man. But not only that, it could have been some fluke. Gideon asks then the next day for the opposite. That the fleece be dry, all of the ground wet. Because Gideon wanted to be sure. Gideon wanted to absolutely make sure that this was the will of God. That's my interpretation of that. Why does Gideon do it twice? Because he wants to be sure. Why does Gideon ask for something that's crazy? Because Gideon wants to be sure. Why does Gideon ask for two opposite things? Because Gideon wants to be sure that this really is the voice of God. The second observation I make here is that God does it. And it was so. God does it. What does that teach us about God? <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of things that that teaches us about God. That teaches us that God hears his people. Because Gideon is a man who trusts God. God hears his people. God answers. God works in this world. God is active in this world. God isn't some God who's far away. But rather, he is a God, God that's near. He is a God that hears. He is a God that works. He is a God that answers. He is a God that can perform miracles. He is a God that can do great things. He is God. And that's an awesome truth that we have of God. And also that this didn't anger God. This didn't anger God. God did it. It seems that God was pleased to do it. God could have sent a prophet. God could have sent an angel and said, Gideon, don't do that. Don't ask me for anything. Don't ask for stuff like that. You just need to obey. Could God have done that? Yeah, he could have, but he didn't. God could have just said, you know what, I'm not going to play this game. But God didn't do that either. God answered Gideon. God did as Gideon asked. So we have a God that is pleased to reveal his will to us. And now that's a great promise too, because God doesn't just leave us out in this world to figure it out on our own, but rather God reveals his will to us. Now, as I ponder this, and as I struggle with this passage, I struggle, I, I mean that, I mean that, struggle. This isn't just something that I take for granted, but study and to ask the question, do we have the right to do stuff like this? Do I have the right to lay out a fleece and say, okay, God, if you want me to do this, then you have to follow my stipulations? then you have to follow my demands, then you have to follow my requests. Do I have the right to do that? And the passage that comes to mind, that has come to mind, as I ask that question, actually comes from 2 Timothy 3, 
verses 16 and 17. Here, Paul says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so then the question is, what is lacking in Scripture? What is lacking in Scripture? It's profitable. It's, it's breathed out by God. Okay, Scripture is breathed out by God. God has inspired this to be. Why do we trust Scripture? Because it's breathed out by God. And that might sound like circular reasoning. That's not the only reason we trust Scripture. There's a lot of reasons we trust Scripture. If you want to get into those, leave a comment in the comment section. I can talk about that too. Um, and so we trust Scripture because it's breathed out by God. That's a simple answer. It's actually way more complex. It's way bigger than that. Um, but I don't want to get into that right now. And so Scripture's been breathed out by God. And so as we, we read Scripture, what do we learn? We learn the will of God. We learn about God. And so God has given us his word and he has made it profitable. So it benefits us for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be, well, what is it that he says? Let's quote it that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, do I need more? That's the question. Like, why would I need a fleece if the word of God is enough? Why would I need a fleece? Do I have the right to demand that God would grant me a fleece? An opportunity, this, this right to lay out this fleece before God. Well, as, as I answer that, we need to apply this. So the word of God is what makes us complete. The word of God equips us for every good work. And so, do I have the right to demand a fleece? Because I, or to demand that God would... You know, that I'd be able to lay out this fleece before God, that God would give me a, a specific revelation, you know, a special revelation from God, that God would grant this to me. Do I have the right to do that? Well, if I'm using that as an excuse for my laziness, no. I don't have that right. I can't do that. My lack of the knowledge of the Word of God is not an excuse for me to lay out a fleece before God. If I don't know Moses and the prophets, if I don't know Proverbs and Psalms, if I don't know the Gospels and the Epistles, if I don't know the Word of God, it's not an excuse. That doesn't give me the right. My own laziness, my own ignorance doesn't give me the right to demand of God special revelation. Well, what does God say about divorce? Well, what does God say about adultery? Well, what does God say about stealing? If you don't know those things, you can't say, well, you know, I, I prayed about it and I feel peace. I have this special revelation. Well, but I heard the voice of God tell me. No. No. God has given us his word so that we can walk in humble obedience to his word. If you don't know the word of God, that's no excuse for sin. Ever. The other thing that people will do 
So instead of just laying out some fleece because they're ignorant of what the will of God says, they'll lay out a fleece because they don't like what the will of God is. They're going to lay out this fleece because they don't want to, they don't want to submit themselves to what God's word actually says. And then you'll hear statements like, well, I felt called to do this or to do that. Well, I couldn't see any other way. Or I prayed about it. I really prayed about it. And I felt this peace about it. So I thought that's what God was telling me when they're going off and doing something that contradicts the word of God. No. You can't do that. That's not the way this works. That's not the way that God works. God doesn't contradict himself because of your situation. We're told, Paul tells us, in the word of God, that no sin is uncommon. Every temptation we have is common to all men. Jesus went through them all. Probably categorically, not specifically, but nevertheless, he went through them all. He was without sin. And so I have no excuse for sin. I have no excuse for going against the will of God. I can't lay out some fleece and, you know, the fact that if, if I feel peace about this, then I will do it. I was talking to a lady about that one time. She had divorced her husband. And from the outside, granted from the outside, as I was talking with her, I asked her some questions. And the reasons she divorced her husband were by no means biblical. But her excuse was, well, you know, I felt this peace about it. I felt this peace about divorcing him. And so I thought, oh, it's okay. God's okay with me doing that. It's like, actually, no. No. God's not okay with you doing that. That's not legitimate. You've sinned against God. Because God doesn't contradict himself. Jesus tells us that. Jesus tells us that about Satan. Satan's not going to contradict himself. A house divided will not stand. And so would God contradict himself? Jesus says Satan's not going to do it, let alone God. So God's not going to contradict himself. And so I can't lay out some fleece hoping that that will give me an excuse to do the sin that I want. That's not legitimate. And so if I'm laying out a fleece, there has to be a good reason for it. So does that mean that, what does that mean? So what do we do with that? What's my right? My right is that which is revealed. That's what I've been given. And that's what I'm called to know. And that's what I'm called to live in obedience to. That's what I'm called to submit to. So if I don't know the direction for my life, what am I called to do? First and foremost, I'm called to submit to God. Submit to what God has revealed. Submit to what God has taught. David Platt uh, once said in a sermon, when I was first here as a pastor, he was, I was listening to a sermon of his, and uh, so about 10 years ago now, actually. Wow. But I was listening to a sermon of his, and he brought it up that he is oftentimes asked the question, well, where am I going to go to college, or who am I going to marry? David Platt said, God has already given you direction for 99% of the things in your life. If you're following those things, pretty sure you can trust him to reveal to you, to show you. 
the other 1%. So, if you're following God, if you're studying the Word of God, if you're applying the Word of God into your life, if you're submitting to the Word of God, you can trust God to reveal to you what you don't know. Should I take this job or that job? You can trust God with those things. So does that mean that God won't answer if we ask Him His will? Absolutely not. It doesn't mean that at all. God can, because God has the right. He is, after all, God. God can, because God can do as He wills. But, how does God answer? So I want to make a distinction here between extra-biblical revelation and anti-biblical revelation. Extra-biblical revelation would be God revealing things like, where am I supposed to go to school? What job am I supposed to take? You know, that's extra-biblical revelation. Anti-biblical revelation, stuff like, is Jesus really God? Yeah. But if this revelation says no, that's anti-biblical revelation. Anything that goes against Scripture, we reject that. We talked about that in the prophecy sermon. That's on YouTube. I'll put a link in the end of the um, in the end of the sermon to that prophecy discussion, and as well, I'll put a link in the comments or the description to that sermon, because we reject those things which are anti-biblical. God never contradicts Himself. If I if God ever reveals to me that I'm supposed to sin, you hear stuff like that. You hear stuff like uh, I think it was David Koresh, that you know the the Waco, Texas guy, the cult leader down in Waco, Texas that he believed that God had revealed to him that he was supposed to, you know, have sex with all of these ladies. And that definitely goes against Scripture because, first off, he wasn't married to a bunch of them. Uh, secondly, it goes against the laws of the land. Um, and thirdly, well, adultery, fornication, all of those things get tied into that sexual immorality. And it was really pretty disgusting, some of the stuff going on there. And so, but he believed that God had revealed that to him. That, that was his right. It's like, well, he don't, doesn't know the Scriptures doesn't know the Bible. He's not submitting to that. And so whatever revealed that truth to him, that wasn't God. And if something's revealing something, probably Satan. Because Satan can reveal stuff too. Satan can speak to people. Satan can create prophecies. Satan can do that. I told that in the book of Deuteronomy. You'll see and you watch the prophecy sermon. Satan works in this world. He's live and he's active. And he's deceiving people all the time. And so if it goes against Scripture, it is anti-biblical and we reject it. Period. End of story. If it's extra-biblical, we test it. Extra-biblical revelation. Yeah, it happens. Can God do that? God can. Do I have the right to demand that God does that? I don't have that right. I don't have the right that God demands it. So what do I do if I'm in a situation that I don't know what to do? Well, the first step is to obey Scripture. And oftentimes, uh, what I'll point people to is Proverbs. Because there, we have Solomon saying stuff like, in the presence of many counselors wage war. So what does that mean? 
That means that instead of just relying upon myself to figure this out, if I don't know what I'm supposed to do, the first step is to get godly people into my life and ask their advice, ask their counsel, ask for their wisdom to do that. The presence of many counselors wage war. Well, how do I know who's wise and who's not? How do I know who knows the will of God? First off, do they know their Bibles? Secondly, not only do they know their Bibles, but do they live them out? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do these people fear God? Do these people trust God? Do these people look to God? Do these people rely on God? What sort of fruits are they bearing in their own lives? We seek that sort of counsel. We seek those people. We seek their guidance. We seek their wisdom. We seek their counsel because that's what God has called us to. And so I don't know what to do. My first step is to obey the word of God. We take time in prayer. Pray that God would reveal it to us in some manner, in some way. We study to see, does this fit does this fit with the will of God? You know, people, back when I was in college, that was one of the things, that was, marriage was one of the things that was talked about oftentimes. Dating, you know, should I date this girl? Should I date this girl? What's God's will here? Looking back upon it, it's kind of silly. But that's what people were into. That's what people talked about. And you know, there's stipulations given in Scripture. You know, what sort of woman is it? It's, if you're a believer, is this person a believer? Does this person walk with God? You're not to be unequally yoked. So Paul says, does this person fear the Lord? Does this person walk in the will of God? You know, those are the questions that we ask. So we take the dictates of God, we take the word of God, and we look at it, at our situation in light of that. Because that's the, God's primary way. We take that which has already been revealed. And we apply that to the situation. You say, well, I don't know my Bible that well. Well, <laughs> get to know it. Read it. That's why we get wise counselors too. Is you pray about these things. Pray that God would open doors. And then we look at circumstances. You know, because oftentimes that's the way that God speaks. God will speak through circumstances. We think about Paul trying to get over to, um, oh, where was he going? Asia. Well, and then he actually ended up going into Asia. It was Macedonia. He wanted to go someplace. God kept closing the door, closing the door, closing the door. And then he had that dream. A man from Macedonia. Please come here. God said, and Paul said, that's, that's God. That's where we're going. And the doors opened up. And so if you're going to seek the will of God, look at the circumstances. What does God bring up? How does God work? How is God working in this? When my wife and I took our call to Hosanna, one of the things, well, there were, we had a number of things that we wanted. We wanted to have a, buy our own house instead of having a parsonage. We wanted to have a place where she could finish her schooling. We had these circumstances, these stipulations that we wanted before we took a call. And as God answered that, God answered each and every one of those circumstances. God opened up each and every one of those doors. And God did other things too. That's not the, those aren't the only reasons. But as we sought wise counsel, we looked at the circumstances. We saw the doors opening up because God had closed doors in other places too. As I've talked about in previous sermons. 
We look at those things. And so as we, if you're going to lay out a fleece, make sure you've already gone through the necessary steps. Have you sought wise counsel? Have you, have you spent time in prayer? Have you, has God organized circumstances? Has God opened up doors? Or has God been closing doors for this situation? And I say, I, don't, I still don't know. Can you lay out a fleece? Yeah. But if you do that, make sure it's extraordinary. Not just some commonplace thing. Like, oh, if God wants me to do this, then let the sun rise today. No. That's foolishness. Gideon's fleeces were extraordinary. Gideon's fleeces were when he was already in obedience to God. He was already on the path. And so Gideon laid out these fleeces to God and there were things that never would have happened otherwise. These were uncommon. And then he was already in obedience to God. So God will never call you to do something that goes against his will. God will never call you to do something that goes against scripture, against that which is already revealed. That's not God. That would be Satan. So if you're walking in obedience to God, you can trust God to answer. So can God speak sometimes through a word? Yeah. Could God answer fleeces? Yeah. Still small voice. Will God do that? Yeah, sure. God has that right. God has the right to do that. And he has the power to do that. And he will do that sometimes. Do we have the right to demand it? Well, there's not a lot of circumstances where we do. Gideon's the only one we see doing something like this. Otherwise, we had Paul moving forward. We have Elijah in a still small voice. But he, again, was already walking in obedience to God because God had sent the angel to tell him to go to Mount Carmel and await my word there. So time and time again, as these people walked in that 99%, humbled themselves there, submitted themselves to God, trusted that God would bless them and guide them through his word, through what has already been revealed. And when they had need in that 1%, 1%, God guided them faithfully. So don't just go and pursue because you feel that I want more. Submit yourself to the word of God. Search that. Seek that. See what God would have you do. Spend time in prayer. See how God works. As God has guided, so follow. So as Gideon questioned and doubted, already walking in obedience, God answered. So as you walk in obedience to God, when those times of doubt and question come, 
Ask. Seek the word of God and seek the will of God and see what God would do. Because God's living and active. God is working in this world. God can do these things. That doesn't mean that we have the right to demand that God would do them. Another thing with Gideon, he was humble in that. And I'm going to close with this. Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please let me test just once more with the fleece. Please let it be dry on the fleece only and on the ground let there be dew. We don't have the right to demand of God. God has the right to answer. James says you have not because you ask not. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you might spend it upon your pleasures. So as we approach God, we approach God in humility and submission to him and trust. And when he doesn't answer, that fleece doesn't change and never gives us the right to walk in disobedience. So if you've sinned by laying out a fleece, something common to try to get an excuse to do the sin that you want, you need to repent. Ask God to forgive you. He will. Don't walk in that sort of sin. But get to know the word of God. Submit to that. See how God speaks. Amen. Let us pray. Father, guide us. Bless us. We thank you for your word. Thank you for that which has been revealed. Help us to walk in it. Humbly, trusting you. Trusting that you know best and that your way is best and that you are wise. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Gideon. We thank you that when we have need, that you will speak. Bless us, Lord, as we seek to walk in your will. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have any questions, feel free to leave them in the comments below this video. I'll do my best to answer them uh, through written form. And we'll see what God does. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Again, this is the Kingdom at Hand from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota. If this has been a blessing to you, I would encourage you to share it or to like it if you're watching it on YouTube. May God bless you as you continue to walk with him.